I just had that sitting on that piece of paper for a long time and it wasn't going anywhere for over a year. Then, you know, some life happened, some experience happened, and I understood what the rest of it was. And then I was able to finish it. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne or Band. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to bonus episode 14, Music in the Time of Coronavirus. I'm going to be talking to Melvin Knight from episode 7, about his new EP, Summer Child, that dropped on June 10th, 2021. Without further ado, let's get on with the interview. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band Podcast. Today, I have Melvin Knight from Episode 7, and we're going to be talking about his new EP, Summer Child. So, Melvin, thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Love being back. Let's just jump in. Your four-song EP, Summer Child, will have been released by the time this episode comes out on June 10th on all major streaming platforms and also on Bandcamp. How did this get started? Like, you recorded it during our pandemic time. What, mm-hmm. what was the inspiration and what got this started? All these songs are things that had sketches for us, in some cases years before, but I didn't have the life experience to like actually validate driving them forward into anything outside of like light sketches. Life evolving and me growing as a person was what brought them into like being for me to where it's like, okay, I should make these now. On the overall arching themes, before we go into each of the individual songs, I get a very strong sense that there's a theme of obviously love, but also of loss and loving yourself enough to recognize when something isn't working out or I, I don't know, I, I get this this back and forth feeling of you opening yourself up to a person and that that person may not be the best and you let them go, but then other people come in and you, I, I feel like this, this EP has this circle that it, it kind of starts over again and again. So you can go, but you know, from time to fly and then go back to Starcross kids. And maybe that's because I had this on repeat, but that it felt like it, it was this wonderful cycle of opening up and, uh, letting go and opening up and letting go and op- you know what I mean? So I don't know if I'm yeah. accurate on that. Well, I'm really glad that you were to take that from it. The core from me writing it and what I was experiencing was learning to let go and to embrace change. So cycle is a major part of it. That's like the central theme and love is a theme in it and like how to accept when it's time for things to change and it has nothing to do with like judging the other person to say they're not good or anything, but just as far as like, you're not good for each other. It's time to move on and to embrace growth and then embrace the unknown and embrace that the one constant will be that cycle of change. That to me was what I was like 
trying to deal with in the project. Let's jump to the first song on this EP, Star-Crossed Kids. I feel like you're making maybe some Romeo and Juliet reference, the Star-Crossed Lover kind of idea. Yes. Is that the the foreshadowing of maybe something in the future isn't, it's kind of a warning to the beginning of this cycle? Yes, like this, it's one of those songs where it's like, I'm pretending I'm in the moment narrating as myself, but also I'm at the end of it and I know what's going to happen. Was this the first song that you actually recorded or created in this series or was it, did you decide on the order later? The order happened later. Okay. You know, and it's funny because like whenever I try to superimpose what I want over a project, like it beats me up and it's like, nope, that didn't work. And I have to just let it reveal itself to me. I actually wrote Writing in the Sky and Summer Child first. And then uh -huh. the other two like came as response. All of these are very, very personal, I feel like. And I can't imagine you writing anything that isn't really deeply personal and heartfelt. But I, I felt like writing in the sky, I don't know if that's my favorite, but it's it's one of those that, I don't know, I feel like you pulled out all all of the stops for a, a little bit. Maybe that's, maybe that's not true, but it, it feels like you've got this re these really rich chords at the beginning and, and it just kind of, kind of sucks you in. And some of the lines that you have in there, the whisper of a melancholy tune, love myself enough to let you go. Talk a little bit about how, how that song started. Over a year ago now, I was having a really bad night. I was sitting by myself in a bar. I believe I wrote the chorus, like the lyrics out on a napkin, because <laughs> I knew that I knew what that part was already, but I didn't know what the verses were. Actually, it was like one of those little things that you know that like waitresses, they write their, um, to like their tab on or like, mm -hmm. I was like, do you have any paper? And all she had was like the leftover piece of that. She's like, you can use this. I just had that sitting on that piece of paper for a long time. And it wasn't going anywhere for over a year. Then, you know, some life happened, some experience happened, and I understood what the rest of it was. And huh. then I was able to finish it. Do you get the sense musically, I guess even emotionally, like we all are receptive to certain certain signals or, or messages that we give ourselves in some ways, and then it's like, oh, that's what that means. Like you, you foretell your own prophecy in a way, and then it comes around and you're like, oh, that's what that's for. So it sounds like this was giving you a little bit of a heads up, and then you you kind of knew what how to how to finish it based on new life experience i feel like a lot of times you know and this is i think true for a lot of people we're kind of aware of the general theme of like what is next in our life or where we need to go next but it's like that old saying your parents sometimes say you don't know till you know right so though i may have a hint as to like what this means for me as far as who i'm embracing in my life and who i'm allowing myself to become or what i'm holding on to and what i need to let go of until that moment came, I didn't understand that. I didn't know, understand. I didn't even hear the rest of the music until I had that epiphany. And then once I did, I was able to write it down. That's the thing I think is so fun about writing music, like original music, is that for the artists themselves, I feel like a lot of times, if you're blessed to do it a certain way, you learn about yourself a whole lot. But then also, if it's accessible enough, other people can project their own lives onto it and pull something else from it that's unique. And it, it takes a whole life of its own, if you're lucky, and beyond you as the writer. When you could write something that is personal and yet somehow universal, I think that that's like unlocking the perfect recipe for a, a great song is, is that 
that universal and personal all at the same time. Let's talk about the title track. How did Summer Child come around? This has some of my favorite lyrics, too. You you referenced Seven Summers and Steely Eyes and Lost. This is probably my favorite is Lost in a Reflection of a Form You Can't Recall. Mm-hmm. So, where did, where did that come come from I, I hope i got those lyrics right no those are right i'm just trying to look reaching back for the full context so i can speak to each of them basically that opening part that looking back now seven some looking back now seven years ago and it's like talking about i can see through your through my own eyes like watching myself and how i tried to act like i knew it, i was so resolute and i knew it was happening but i can see my own questioning my own sense of like not quite despair but being lost like just you know reaching I like tend to really hold on to memories like really heavily mm. and I like reanalyze parts of my life and who I was. But to the point, it gets to the point where you lose the context and the image, like the actual clear image of what that event even was. You know, it starts to take on a life of its own and all of a sudden you don't even remember, you know, what it is you're remembering or who it is you're remembering. Right. And then, you know, that image of yourself comes so distorted, you don't know who that person is anymore. You know, especially in contrast to who you are now. Well, especially talking about it being seven summers ago, seven years ago, I mm-hmm. I am certainly not the same person seven years ago. And to hold on to the memories from that time seems like kind of a lost cause. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that's my Im- impression. But yeah, it's it's a very... that's exactly it. It's it's like it doesn't make sense. But it's something that you know some people do. I certainly have that habit at that time for me like was a really turbulent time because i was just finishing up my undergrad at that point and had no idea you know where i was going i created a little bubble where i felt like for the first time i had like a social identity but that was evaporating and then it soon after evaporated i was just lost for a while i guess i'm wondering why did you choose this song to be the title track for the EP? Because it encapsulated to me the spirit. It was who I was speaking to. My understanding of that phrase, like summer child, you know, kind of like, you know, spring chicken or like being kind of brand new. I was kind of saying bye to my younger, more youthful and uh, idealistic self. Not just my idealism, but my naivete. A lot of the things that I held onto from childhood that I just didn't need anymore as far as like my outlook on myself, my outlook on the world, my outlook on love, and even people in my life, you know, just basically just kind of growing up. I I hate to always loop in the pandemic into that idea or into whatever's being produced at this time, because I feel like you can't go one way without it being there. I, I guess I reflect upon, you know, this has been a very unique time in the sense that you know, we have to embrace the sense of change is during this pandemic, we have been faced with a lot of choices, a lot of things that are the traditions that we hold on to, like wanting to do something every year and have done it for like the last 10 years. Is it really, I mean, how important is it to keep that streak alive? But I also feel like that challenged us to think about how change affects us and how do we do better in the future and what's really important. Did you get a sense of that at all during this process? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right to bring up uh, asking how the pandemic affected it because absolutely that's what brought it about. It's what it's like affected everything about who I am now and the choices I've made as far as, you know, artistically, personally, everything. 
You know, if, if I hadn't had this, which is something I often go back to, I don't really know where I would be now. I was getting to the point where I was getting very much caught up in like work, working between, you know, being contemporary music director at a church and then also doing cover band stuff and then like independently recording for other people. And that stuff can stack up and you're just like working along with things, but you know, you're not really making personal strides forward, you know, because you don't have time. You're just, you know, paying bills, trying to, you know, climb that social ladder. I didn't feel like I was very aware of who I was or who I was becoming, not nearly as intentionally as, you know, I've gotten to be over this period of time. Being forced to be alone and with myself, which for I know many people is a challenge, and for me, I'm no exception. I got a chance to really deal with those things and confront those things. And then when I went through that crucible of personal challenge where for a while I wasn't doing any music at all. I was just like, just sitting in my room trying to figure things out. I even put a thing on Instagram being like, I quit music, I'm done with all that stuff. And I didn't do anything for at least a month and a half. And then after I went through that like really hard crucible of dealing with myself, I was able to start slowly coming back. And then, you know, ins inspiration and a new musical lease on life started to come to me and I recognized where I had to go next. That reminds me of your, your song writing in the sky where you say, love myself enough to let you go. And I feel like you could have even been talking about your commitments, about work, about the things that you were just driving yourself to do all the time. In order to get back to the thing that I love so much, I have to let it go. Let's jump into the last song, The Time to Fly. In some ways, this feels like a hello and a goodbye, but also kind of like I'm, I'm letting you go to let you be an amazing person or to expand and, and be something beyond just us or beyond me. It's an interesting send-off to this EP. What was the inspiration behind this song? This one is interesting because as far as the inspiration, I was feeling it out. I, I suppose to speak directly to it, it was me writing it from the kind of like the perspective of parents, you know, mm. saying goodbye to their kid and saying, it's okay to be grown now. It's okay to be totally yourself. Do your thing. We love you. You'll be great. And you don't have to worry about looking back all the time. You can be certain that we love you surely and certainly, and you're going to be great. Go do your thing. But also it serves multiple purposes as well. It can be you saying goodbye to someone who's been an important part of your life, but you got to go your separate ways. It can be, you know, you saying goodbye to a time in your life or a place in your life, which for me, all of these things are true. And I wasn't necessarily sitting and thinking, okay, now this is where the mom would say this and the dad would say this. I was emotionally and spiritually stewing all those things mm. and just kind of like lay them out in a way that I could go back and feel it deeply as many times as I listen to it. This has turned out to be a really nice, well-rounded EP. I'm a big fan of huge conceptual through message albums, but there's something to be said for a four-song EP that just checks those boxes. It has a really good message all the way through. It doesn't seem like there's any songs that are like lacking or that you threw in just just to keep the music going i would say it's a very efficient ep in that manner right like so it it doesn't it doesn't waste anything and oh yeah 
I, I feel like we didn't even talk about some of the instrumentation that you you put in to this and I, I I feel like it was it wasn't that long ago that you just decided that you were going to pick up the guitar. I admire the different tones that you're using in here and I think it's is it time to fly that you're using a vocoder a little bit just some of the tones and textures that you use. I've always been a great admirer of the the way that you construct a song. I'm I'm wondering did you have a particular goal in terms of the kind of sonic quality that you wanted or or the particular sound and and if if you would put like put your music in a genre what would you consider that to be All right so this is all really great like from the speaking about the length of the project to the tonal aspects and the sonic quality of timbre so first to address what you mentioned about the length and like uh, being right to the point like I also grew up, you know, loving large conceptual albums like uh, the Stevie Wonder album, Music of My Mind, and then of course Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, and so on and so oh, forth. Yeah. Tons. Oh, and then also uh, I Want You, that Marvin Gaye album was my my favorite mm-hmm. one, which really kind of follows the story of like two couples, a couple that meets at a dance and like where they're going. I grew up with those, but all my projects, even the one preceding this vibe tape, are projects kind of that show how necessity and what I'm just using what I have. I did all the production and recording and playing and all this myself, based also on the fact that I was still working, you know, and I had mm. to try to get these out before, you know, my work season started increasing again. I was working on a limit of time and of resources. So as far as, you know, being able to put together a 10 track album, that wasn't necessarily as feasible. Mm. But then also the other reality too for me was that in these days, people really don't listen past your first song. And if you're really lucky, attention spans are much shorter now. If you're really lucky, you're probably only gonna hold them for two or three more. If you can state a whole ideological and musical idea within three to five songs, to me, that's really ideal Hmm. these days. It's very rare to me, the listener who's gonna like, show up and be like, yo, I'm, I'm here for like 30 to 45 minutes. Right. You know? Yeah, most of the time people are like, if you're lucky, they want you for two minutes of their day in their like daily mix or whatever. So mm. to me, as a storyteller, I also wanted to be aware of that. Because also the thing too is that as someone who's still trying to establish themselves as an artist, you have to leave yourself enough headroom to have multiple releases over the course of a year to start to build some sort of traffic around your name to the point to where you can build to the point you can drop like one 10 track record a year and you know actually have some momentum built off of that that takes building up towards that's like practical reason behind that so then to your other things you mentioned about the instrumentation and timbre like of course i started out you know you're hearing when you heard shades of us and for those of you who remember when i went by my legal name croft and coleman i came up with like watercolors i was coming right out of the u of i jazz program so everything had like a jazz combo sound and i was already into jazz like soul r&b sound so it sounded like kind of 60s motownish era lots of horn interjections a basic you know rhythm section of keyboard guitar bass guitar and drums another part of me is i grew up around a lot of classical music and a lot of great thematic classical music and this is going to sound kind of weird but there are people who they are great practitioners and also they love the science of music and they really are experts at that and that's wonderful i really respect those people because I'm not one of them. I see myself more as like a painter and I like to pick up different colors and shades and draw different pictures and attempt different styles, you know? And that's what I really want to experiment with more and more 
as I gain more skill and understanding um, and more access to different things, I want to play with different textures and sounds. So I still, I dipped my toe in the water, having strings as like a main thematic instrument. And of course they're MIDI strings because I'm not at the point right now I can afford an actual, you know, right. string quartet, but it's coming. But using those as a thematic instrument because they're so beautiful and, and lyric, and then they can evoke such emotion in a way that all of us are inherently just so like emotionally, I feel like tied to that we don't even think about it. Like it's on all of our favorite movies, any type of entertainment that we consume that's like deeply emotional. I feel like it's a great narrative and descriptive tool sonically. The other thing too, with the sound of this record, I know these songs are not going to be as accessible. I wanted to be more honest uh, with myself as a person, as an artist, as a singer, as a writer. I wanted to do like what was on my heart. So when we start talking about genre and what genre would you put it in, I don't really know. I'm sure if you, you could go through hashtags and amalgamate some sort of, you know, very sophisticated, very um, stratified list of niche artists who are doing the exact same thing and coming from the same background as me. But I'm not thinking that way. I'm just thinking like, what sounds are on my heart? What am, what am I looking for? And then I'll just put that out there, you know? Um, and really, I believe that music is music. If you have your ears and your heart open, everything's going to influence you. And I don't believe in feeling the need to like hyper specialize in one area and then in all your releases you have to sound a certain way i like to grow and evolve and try new things and not everybody's gonna mess with it and that is okay i i don't really care to me the goal is to to better express yourself for the hope that you might better understand yourself and other people might understand themselves better along the way as well melvin thank you so much for being on the show and telling me about your ep summer child uh which is now on all streaming services uh check out i'll have a link in the notes and you'll be able to stream from there but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your ep thank you for having me appreciate it thank you for listening to champagne is also a band podcast this is melvin knight from episode seven reminding you to check out Summer Child out now on all major platforms because great music is out there, so go find it where you live. a wrap. You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. South <laughs> <laughs> on the inside.